that one more time. Hey, dude, can we chat? Okay, dude, let's chat. All right. Welcome to the Dudes of Sigmar. It's our very first episode. So excited to finally do this. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, if you think podcasting's easy, you're on crack. I just want to get that out of the way. <laughs> but my name's Damon. And I'm Roma. And we're here to share a journey of playing Age of Sigmar together. Uh, so I, we tr we've tried this without the introductions, but it made absolutely no sense. So uh, let's talk about myself. Who are you? I am Roma, and I love playing Age of Sigmar. <laughs> so uh, full disclosure, uh, I've been playing this for a while, and I've been asking Roma to play Sigmar with me for a better part of probably 10 years. And I'm pretty sure most of everything she heard in that past decade has been something like wah, 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 wah. And that is exactly true. Every time, I never understood why Damon would be making up his list, talking about his games, and I would it would go in through one ear and out the other. And I couldn't even ask questions because I really wasn't paying attention. I didn't even know what to ask, though, because it was like he was playing this game that I didn't even understand. So I didn't try to understand it. I just listened and didn't really engage. She didn't listen. She totally didn't <laughs> listen. She was always doing something else. So then um, a couple years ago, 2020, before pandemic, we went to LVO, um, my s ourselves and another couple. And my buddy and I had a ton of fun. And the ladies went shopping and did whatever they did. And when we made plans to go in 2023 as a lark, my friend's wife said she was going to play. And then and then I decided that I would play as well. So we decided to join in the LVO tournament and started thinking of what army we would play. And at that point, I wasn't really quite interested. I was just thinking, okay, well, it'll be exciting to play until I saw Andrasta. When I saw Andrasta, I thought, oh my gosh, I need that model. I need that army. And so that's when it kind of started for me. Um, and so then I got all excited and we, it didn't happen right away. Roma was kind of like half interested for a while. And then oh, we, we played a sample game, got our butts absolutely handed to us. And I think that was kind of the wake up call for Roma. Yes, it was because I thought, how did that happen? And how do I strategize against that? And oh, this can't happen again. <laughs> so, um, sure enough, we got serious about playing. And, uh, you know, pretty much from that point onward, uh, it, it just absolutely took off for you. And you just became a fanatic, frankly. I've never seen anybody who talks about Sigmar more than you. I think, I mean, I over the past three months, that's pretty much how long I've been playing, I went from not knowing what a D3 was to winning oh. my first game at LVO. And it was painful learning in the beginning because there's so much to learn. And I don't think Damon really quite appreciated how much learning there was because, like he said, he's been a veteran with this. He's been playing for 20 or 30 years, and I've just been playing for three months. And it there was a lot of learning. There was a lot of arguing <laughs> watching or trying to figure out the difference between a d3 and a d6 or how many dice you run with versus how many dice you charge with was oh my gosh the first month was just absolutely wild but yeah. we got through yes we did i went from you know damon telling me how many dice to roll 
and not quite understanding the saves and the wounds and yeah there was there's a lot to learn and I think that um, when someone is learning um, I would just say don't give up and just start with one thing at a time and it just comes together at some point you just get this moment and it's it all comes together and after that it's all talking about strategy and the gaps and picking that perfect list so that's that's in a nutshell sort of what we've been up to for the past three months but like i said um we just got back from lvo and and we'll talk more about kind of how we got here as as this couple and what we've been up to in our experience um as somebody who's played it for a while watching somebody learn it we'll cover all that later but i really want to talk about vegas before we completely forget about it so we'll go back to the boring stuff let's talk about the cool stuff uh i got some notes um, what do you think? Vegas was amazing. What an experience being part of that LVO from excited about the shopping and the vendors and buying my plus one to hit tokens and objectives. And oh my goodness, I was so excited. I was more excited about shopping there than I was going to the outlet mall. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I just can't even begin to share with you what a significant statement that was. She was more excited about the LVO vendors than she was about the outlet malls. Yes, that is huge. That's huge for me. So day one, we get in. We we flew in from BC. Um, flights were fine. Got to the airport. Got to the hotel. The event was in Rio when we were there two years ago. It was in Bali, which I guess is now the Horseshoe. I like the Horseshoe a little more. I think Bali was a little more central and a little co- more convenient. Rio was fine. It did the job. Room was huge, um, and 40K and Sigmar were all in the same room, which was kind of neat this year. So we walked down the big, long hall. Um, the, pr- the registration- Can I pause you for a second? Yeah, yeah. That feeling of walking down the hall with your army was just, oh, my goodness, such an incredible wow moment. There were four of us all walking together, and I, I really felt like we should have had somebody with a big fan sort of blowing us and like this slow motion. And, and next year we're absolutely doing the slow-mo walk down the hall. Yes, we are. It felt like we were walking down the Warhammer runway. So toodle down there. Registration was a breeze this year. The QR codes made everything super, super simple. Um, you know, huge kudos to the organizers for making that so much faster. 2020 was a nightmare this year. It took all of about two minutes. Uh, we walked in, did some selfies in the gigantic hall, ooh, to nod for a bit, and then we hit the shopping. Oh, my goodness. The shopping was amazing. Bought lots of dice. Oh, my goodness. The dice was beautiful. Just sitting there playing with the dice was so relaxing and um, very well, soothing. Watching my wife develop a dice addiction was fascinating and horrifying to behold all at the same time. So I bought three sets of dice, and that was amazing, and objectives, and... Uh, Dice rolling trays? Oh, yeah, dice rolling trays. Um, got some of that sweet little grass that I can't wait to put on my bases. Got Sigvald, got a couple models, picked through the trays. Um, just generally sort of ran around in a feeding frenzy for like an hour and a half, completely overwhelmed by everything that was there. Um, yeah, about an hour and a half, and then what did we do? I think we wanted to talk strategy about the next day and get ready with all of our cards and getting our army set up. Oh, so did we just head back to our room after that? 
I don't even remember. Well, we must have headed out. Anyways, I think it was a relatively early night. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we went back to the room. And relatively early night for the nine hours of gaming we were going to be doing the next day. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to stop here. Oh, yeah. No, it looks like it's working. Uh, okay. So day one. Day one of playing. So I have to say, walking into that big conference center was amazing. Seeing all the tables set up, all the people. Like, there must have been over a 1,000 people in that room. Uh, probably 1,500 is 1,500. And I looked at my phone to see if the pairings were up and saw that I hadn't checked in. And then I started to panic because I thought at that point it might be too late to check in. And then one of our, f- our friend pointed out the event organizer. So I went running over to the event organizer and he was so nice. He logged me in and gave me some dice and posed for a selfie with me. And that was pretty exciting. So I was pretty pumped right, right from the beginning. Uh, so, uh, we kind of get settled, pairings go up, we, um, find our opponent, I get settled down, I'm ready to start playing, pull up my bag, and I got no dice. I get set up with my opponent, I open my bag, and all I see are Nurgle dice, and I was so disappointed and thought, oh my gosh, dude has my dice. So then I'm trying to find dude to give him his dice, to get my dice, and find out that... My dice are still in the room. Okay, and not all her dice. Just like a third of her dice are in the room. All of my dice she has. So very first game, I'm playing against this dude who's got like, fuck, I don't know, five, six dragons or something. The Stormcast dude. I was playing um, Maggot Kim. Uh, not flies, just mostly slugs and snails. Um, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry, buddy. Uh, yeah, we can totally swear. Oh, okay. You're allowed to swear. Okay. You should listen to The Honest Wargamer. Okay. Dude's got a mouth. Okay. Um, so I'm like freaking out. Oh, my God, I lost my dice. I'm borrowing dice off this dude. I, I just felt like a total newbie. And I'm trying to phone Rome. I'm like, what the fuck? I just... Ah! And so, yeah, it turns out she's got my dice. She has half of her dice. I'm I'm sweating. I'm freaked out. And we finally start... Get that sorted out. And we finally start playing our first game. Yes, and <laughs> my dice was not working for me because I was missing my Stormcast Eternals dice. And my first opponent was amazing, um, pretty relaxed, and it was a great game. I didn't win, but it was a it was a great game. Uh, my first game was against the Stormcast Stormcast player. I think he had like five dragons, Gardas, four fulminators, um, and in short, I got just absolutely pulverized. Dragons all over me, five up involved, save, thanks to Gardas, and four Fulminators just smashed my face in. So that was game one. Dude was good from Utah. I'm sorry. Uh, Jeremy, I think, was your name. Uh, so that was game one. Game two, what did you play, dude? Game two was the game I actually won. And I remember playing. My opponent was great. Um, but my heart rate, I was so nervous. I... it. I don't know what was going on, but I was so nervous and excited and I had to actually have a seat and just kind of relax. And then I got into playing and oh my gosh, it was amazing and and winning was amazing and it was it was so much fun. Uh, game two, I did not win. I played against a dude who had um, one big dragon, two li- or sorry, one big giant, two little giants. Um, 
uh, Kragnos and the Incarnate. Uh, I'd never played Krag against Kragnos or the Incarnate before. And uh, props to that dude. He completely understood. What uh, mission was that? Uh, it was the activating... Prize of Galette. Prize of Galette. Yes. And he understood... Um, he understood uh, activation of objectives really well. He, so in addition to kicking my teeth in with those two big monsters, he out-activated me and crushed me soundly. Uh, good guy. Gave me a dice. Uh, like a grot, no, a destruction moon dice or something. Uh, so that was game two. G game three? Well, just to jump back to game one and two for me, uh, game one, again, was... Very, it was a really good game, but I did learn from that. And I took what I learned and applied it to game two. And that really helped me uh, strategize and win. Because it's different when you're playing so many different armies. And that was what I was really excited about. Because I got to say, I just got tired of playing against Nurgle. <laughs> so what, what, what army did you play against your first game? Oh, you don't remember? I'm going to keep staring at you, and you're going to keep waving. Dude, people can hear you. This is the whole point. Okay. You really don't remember what army you played against? No, I can't remember the name. All I know is Not that... the guy, like the l army. What were the... Um, like the models? No. No, total blank? Okay. Uh, so game two, what'd you play? I'd have to look that up. Okay. Dude does not remember the army she played damn nope it was such excitement that um all i remember are my opponents <laughs> and playing and i don't even remember i remember the battle plans okay so game three last game of day one and you can't look back i already tried to look at the app you got to be a subscriber to figure out who you played oh um my third game was really good it was my opponent was a lot of fun actually we even became friends on Facebook. So Oh yeah, was that Chris? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we had a great game. It was close. We talked through the last turn and Chris did win. But again, it was a great game. It was a lot of fun. Uh my third game was against um Nick from the Corsairs. And uh, for me that was the highlight of the tournament. Uh Nick was a phenomenal phenomenal opponent. His minis minis are beautifully painted. Uh, I don't. I'm, no, I didn't win that one. I lost that one. It was still an incredibly fun game. Uh, we drank our way through. We instituted a policy: if you double turned, uh, if you double turned your opponent, you bought him around. So that was all sorts of fun. I strongly suggest any players out there instituting the double turn by around uh, trick. Uh, so even though I lost. Uh, Again, just an amazing, that was worth the trip in and of itself, day three. Um, what were your thoughts at the end of first day? I was so excited. I was ready to play a fourth game after we played three and it was already 7.30 in the evening. And I was ready to play a fourth game. I was so pumped and excited. I got to say, I was pretty bummed out after the first two because they were, they were pretty savage beats. And I'm so glad Nick came along and just, he pretty much turned that tournament around for me. So super appreciative of that. Uh, morning day two. Um, oh, just to back up, my goal was to win one game, and I did that on day one. So that just helped me relax a lot more. <laughs> uh, I had not yet. Uh, I had won two games the first year I was there, and it, 
looked like I wasn't going to get anywhere close to it uh, this year. But like I said, I was having fun meeting some cool people. Uh, so we went out and had a heck of a good time Friday night. Uh, what did we do Friday night? Went out to the club, walked around. No, the club was Saturday night, wasn't it? Yeah. Where you bribed the guy to get us in. Yeah. We went out for dinner to the... Oh, yeah. Uh, steak and fries on Paris. Yeah. Oh, Ritz. They got a restaurant on the Strip. We've been there, like, every time we go. Uh, we sat outside. Oh, uh, right across from the Bellagio with the water show. Yes. That was fucking amazing. Strongly recommend. Strongly recommend. Uh, so, first game of day two. First game of day two. Day two was a little bit more relaxing because we started a little bit later and it was only going to be two games. And my opponent um, was quite interesting. And I always wanted to play Daughters of Cain. And I know that I was going to, like, that's a very strong army and that I would really get beat hard. But I really wanted to play against that army. And I got... Uh, like my friend said, he said, be careful what you wish for, because I played Daughters of Cain. And the game only went, I think, three turns, barely, <laughs> out of five. But it was so much fun. And it was exciting. And, yeah, it was it was entertaining. It was, um, it was a good, bad beat. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you were playing Dayton from the uh, party at the All Points? Yes, I was. Uh <laughs> And it just so happened that while Romo was playing Dayton, I was playing Bud, also from Party at the All Points. Um, you know, it was uh, early in the morning, so I hadn't quite warmed up um, from, like, tall boy wise as much as I was by the time I got to play Nick on day one. Uh, but Bud was also an amazing opponent. He was playing uh, Gitz, old book, uh, not the new one. And uh, I just... I screwed up my first objective. I was behind the whole time, and uh, Bud was a great guy. Beat me like a rented mule, uh, but nonetheless had a heck of a time playing. Uh, super good sport. And on the point of that, they took good sport away from Vegas this year, which I thought was dumb. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I For me, it's cool if you can go 5-0, and but if you can go 5-0 and and you're a jerk the whole time, it doesn't really mean that much. Uh, I, sportsmanship has always been really important in in the tournaments that I've been in, and one of the most valuable prizes I think for sort of I think the the game culture, the local meta sportsmanship's always been a really big deal. And I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't in this year. Yeah, speaking from someone who played for the first time and has only been playing for about three months, the most important thing was not to just go in and win and just wipe someone out. It's to go and have the experience, to play against a different army, to um, build a friendship, to talk and laugh and just have a great time. And that's what I actually had with all of my five opponents and even though I got beat really badly in one of them, <laughs> it was a really good experience overall. Yeah, I, I don't know. If, if I had a vote and anyone from LVO organizations listening, uh, bring, bring sportsmanship back. I, I, I missed it. Uh, so Bud, Bud beat me soundly. Great guy. Uh, I promise I'm not going to give you zero stars the next time I listen to your podcast, and hopefully you can hook me up with a couple five-star ratings, you and the boys. Uh so that was game four. Uh, still hadn't won at this point. You had one under your belt. And we roll into game five. 
and I played oh, dude's name escapes me. It was um, Swampy Orcs, um, and you played Beast of Chaos. Yes, from my opponent was from Toronto, and the game was really exciting because I was leading in the beginning, and then got double turned and. It was a close game, but it was, again, a great game. And I did lose, but it was, again, a great game. I managed to pull out a final win. Uh, and again, it was uh, the, the Swamp Works and uh, the Incarnate. I think what I learned is my particular list isn't super killy. Uh, it's, it's more endurance, but it's not like Incarnate endurance. So I pretty much just fed stuff to the Incarnate for a few turns while my great unclean one ran around and smashed a bunch of stuff and sloppity vile piper made sure that nobody piled into me. Uh, that worked like a dream and uh, I managed to clear up the board. Uh, my opponent was great. He saw which way the, the nurgly winds were blowing uh, by about turn three and uh, he was great right to the end. Big Did you make nurgly sounds, Damon? As <laughs> the nurglings run around the table. <laughs> um... So we didn't, we weren't there for any of the other uh, closing ceremonies, but I heard the uh, AOS guys really represented pretty well. Uh, our buddy Josh was down there checking it out and cheering for all of us, because um, we took off and started seeing the sights and doing the rest of that. But what was your, what were your kind of overall impressions for your first, first? The LB? shopping was amazing. Everyone who was there was excited to play, and everyone that I played against was really good sportsmanship and they didn't even though they knew that I was new they they kind of helped out it was really you know reminded me of things and it was really a really good experience I did come away with my own mental grand strategy out of my whole experience out of there and that was I'm going to beat Daughters of Cain and I'm going to figure out how to strategize what my gaps are with my army and I'm going to beat them <laughs> that's what I've been thinking about after Vegas. Uh, for me, it's uh, I, I've been playing uh, Magikin since um, first edition Sigmar, so it's time to put the Papa Nurgle to bed. I'm switching off to Slaves to Darkness, strongly featuring Nurgle, but getting rid of I'm just so tired of Nurgle altogether for the Magikin. Rather, I'm looking forward to playing Slaves to Darkness. I'm looking over my painting table and seeing all the models staring at me. But we're going to take very good care of Nurgle, and we're going to display Nurgle in a very nice display case, and oh have shit, a yeah, we should get that with great this unclean one just sitting there, uh, staring at us, and put some lights in there and make it look really pretty. Yeah, green swampy stuff. Um, so now that Nurgle twenty twenty three is out of the way, what's your plans for the rest of the year? What's your well, next project? I have seven lists made up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And now with the new General's Handbook, I had to change my list again just to make sure I have some more heroes. Um, I really, really want to play with Karazai and Krandus. I have both of them, both the brothers, and I've been trying to make up a list that has both of them, but it's very difficult. It's, there are a lot of points. 550? Yes, 550 each. And it's very difficult to make a list that kind of meets everything that I, w I need it to, to play. But I'm excited to try it out. I do have a list made up, but I don't know how well it'll do. Because one of the things that I do need to 
having all of my lists is in Drasta, and I think that um, that's one of my one of my things. She will always be in all, in in any of my lists. Because you'd said that she was the model that got you into this. Exactly. Uh, for the listeners out there, I have two giant dragons queued up to paint, and I generally I'm looking forward to them. Um, I discovered Slap Chop in the past couple months. Thank you, Honest Wargamer and the Turkish Monks. And and that painting has like changed my life. I really enjoy painting models now. And uh, my models are getting painted very fast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Damon. Uh, yeah, so I don't think I'm going to... I'll probably airbrush, com- combination airbrush the and Slap Chop the dragons, but looking forward to getting painting those. One of the things I'd like to do for next time we go to Vegas is I just found I had so many things in my hands and our friends actually brought carts. They put them together while they were there, but um, I think you can get ones that... Oh, the foldy ones? The foldy ones. Yeah. And that would make it a lot easier because I thought the tables would have a little bit of space. And when you have a lot of your, half of your list, your army uh, units in the realm and there's no space for the realm on the table, it's very difficult. And so having a cart would have been very helpful. Yeah. Uh, in 2020, they had, I don't know, even just six inches on either side of the table, and that was all the difference in the world. But this year, the mats were cheek to jowl, and there was no other space for stuff. So, yeah, I was asking folks. They were collapsible, um, and people were flying them in. They put them on the extra, like where strollers and all the other weird luggage go. Uh, and flying them that way because they were they were too big and heavy. But um, yeah, I think because I, I had magnetized all my models, so I was just popping them in and out of my magnet racks. Um, but dude was, we just got one of those breakdown laser cut and trays, and that was fine. It kind of worked, but it kind of worked. But when you have all the dice that I have and all of the rolling dice rolling trays and my notes and <laughs> cars there was a lot of stuff and next year you're gonna need a backpack um so i pretty successful i know we were um like pretty much making new lists the second the tournament was over um let's take a quick break go get some water and we'll um we'll wrap it up and see how the first one goes back from the break um so when you think about um, next year's LVO. What do you What are you thinking? What's what I'm thinking is I want a new list, and I want to kick some ass. And so, I'm coming up with a list that you almost have to have two types of lists. I think you need to have your list that you different lists that you can play and try out with your friends and many gaming tournaments that you have locally. And then you need to perfect your list for LVO. And my aim for LVO will be to win more than one game. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, for the local list, with when we're playing with people, we play all the time. Uh, I don't want to bring something that's just an overt negative play experience. But I don't think that LVO is a place where you necessarily need to shy away from the Gotrex and the the Marathis and the Incarnates and... Kragnoses and all the other big nasties in the game. I think that's a place where you you can do that, and not only can you do it, it's almost expected. So, um, yeah, I think I'm not going to play with I don't know nine Varengard or whatever the, the nasty stuff is. 
but uh, I I certainly think that I'm not going to hamstring myself with the um, not uber powerful list that I brought this year. Mm-hmm. My list was good. Um, it just it wasn't. It was a good all round list. Like it'll work for different bo- battle plans, different armies, but. I want a list that will work, that will be good against more armies. And sorry, but Daughters of Cain, <laughs> I need to make my list so that I can beat Daughters of Cain. Yeah, I need I need more killing. Like that yes. was, I really struggled against just. I need a Crondus in my list. So I was playing with Crondus just before we left to LVO, and Crondus wasn't painted, so not ready. I couldn't change my list, but oh my gosh, I love Crondus. He is, he was, he's what I was missing in my list. And he is going to be a part of my list for next year. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm going to take Archeon. Um, just even packing him down there would be a giant pain in the ass. And we're going to have to figure something else out for, um, for your buddy Grandis there because he's going to take up a case in and of itself. But if you bring him, yeah, we might be able to modify a Magrat because you're not going to have very many other models if you take, uh, that uh, is correct. Kragnos. So we might be able to just modify Magrak and, and put him in. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think I'm just going to bring... Because, I mean, taking objectives is fine, but overwhelmingly I found that there was models. Like, all, all the armies that I played had monster damage capacity. They were there to kill stuff. Yeah, I found one of the things that um, disappointed me was my general. Uh, my Knight Judicator was my general. And he doesn't move. He has a six-inch move, and I need, I needed a general that could actually move and had, yeah, more movement, um, riding the etheric winds and showing up anywhere else on the board is what I needed, because he did get killed pretty quickly. At least you had a general that you could score this one's mine. I had the Chaos Sorcerer, um, just because my experience here was that everybody killed my great unclean one right out right off the hop. Um, so making him my general, there wasn't a lot of point cause I never got this one's mine, but, um, in, in retrospect, I probably should have cause he usually did kill something before he died. Um, and it was really only the super shooty lists like, uh, Robin's, um, Stormcast that sort of one shot me off the table at time and that didn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. So I would have been better off to make the great unclean one my general. And I can't remember his, yeah, this one's, this one's mine is in the new handbook, isn't it? Pretty sure it is, but it's by a Galician hero. No, I think I think it's just this one's mine. Same, same as the before. Same, yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna go with I don't know somebody suitably killing. I think the Chaos Lord and Krakadak, so that I actually have a chance of scoring that. Cause I am tired of that one just not even being an option. I did. Um, did I get it on the? No, I didn't. I had to get a book tactic because the one time I desperately needed. Uh, the hero to pull through, my general to pull through and kill somebody. I think it was against Bud because I was completely hooped myself for objectives or for uh, battle tactics rather. And yeah, it's difficult. Whiffed. It's difficult to make sure you you can pick a battle tactic because for my last turn, for one of my games, I couldn't even find a battle tactic I could do. So um, sometimes it's better to do the harder ones first earlier on in the game and save some of the easier ones for the end. Um, and I think that from the sounds of things, this handbook is likely going to be in play for uh, a year. Uh, been hearing on various other podcasts, Honest Wargamer, 
um, I think even AOS coach. Oh, I saw AOS catch coach at LVO. He was of all the people that I wanted to see and kind of have a, a selfie with. I did see AOS coach. So uh, if you're listening, coach, thanks for the selfie. Thanks. Uh, really Actually, that it. was very exciting as well because I got to meet AOS coach and got some dice and got a selfie. So it's very nice to meet you. Um. Oh, and oh, uh, totally jumping around. Squirrel stickers. We need stickers next year. We got so many cool stickers from people, and the the uh, party at the All Points guys have so much, so many little doodads. It's not even funny. Apparently, Dayton has a like doodad fixation. Yes, and he gave me some dice as well, so that was very nice. Yeah, I got uh, dice from Bud and, and the stickers. It's all it, it just adds to that that sportsmanship yes. thing and yes. the the cool swag. I haven't even cracked open my dice bag yet to look at all the, the goodies yet. And oh my goodness! And just to say, the arm, the painted armies were so beautiful. I think that was one of the things I really enjoyed watching when my opponents were setting up was looking at their army and how it was painted. And then they talked a bit about how they painted it. And yeah, it was really, that was really cool. The, um, the beast of chaos. I liked him. He had a nice, oh, I liked yes. his paint job. Um, Nick, the Stormcast dude I paid game three, he had phenomenal paint job. He had this, um, like kind of death knight, death rider, flaming skull type thing going on. They were, they were awesome. Um, yeah, and uh, that's something else I'm looking forward to do next year is, like, I the, the Maggotkin that I played this year, they were the first army I'd ever painted in my life. Decades of gaming experience, no meaningful painting experience. Painting armies is not something I really enjoy until Slapchop. Hashtag Slapchop changed my life. Um, but I, for next year when we go, I'm really looking forward to bringing a, um, a much better painted army. Uh, and I'm I don't know the stuff I got now. I'm kind of hope, hoping I'm going to put it on the best painting table. I think next year I'm going to try for. What do you think it. about me painting, Damon? The, oh man, if I had like a um, like a GIF, like a sound file right now, Admiral Akbar would be playing. It's a trap because that's totally a fucking trap right there. It is a trap because I asked Damon. I said I'm so excited about playing. I'd love to learn how to paint. So what he told me was that I could paint. Train, 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 train. And like, I thought, well, can I paint my Griffhound? Because I'd love the Griffhound to be more Griffhound's not terrain. Yeah. Anyways, I wanted to paint the Griffhound. So he held the Griffhound. <laughs> I don't think I held he it. He held it. He gave me a paintbrush <laughs> and told me that I could just brush a little bit right along the fur, right near his beak. I did that. And then, you know, feeling a little nervous that he's holding this with his hands, I got a little yellow on the beak. And then he had to fix that, but he wouldn't let me paint. And I was that I found that a little frustrating. And so I'm excited to learn how to paint, but I don't know if I'll get an opportunity to. I, I got mountains of terrain. You can slap, ch- dude, dude. I, Rome wasn't built in a day. Thirty years, thirty years of painting. What? <laughs> Listen to the opening. Decades of gaming experience. He let me paint some fur and I got it on the beak and that was uh, my last painting experience you can slap I'll get you slap chop Uh, we need terrain painted we need more of those blood oaks from uh, war cry slap chop the shit out of those that's that's what you gotta start with dude and one of our amazing friends painted I needed ravenax Damon had a ravenax I didn't he painted one for me within hours and lent it to me and that was so amazing so thank you Des shout out for Des um, 
So, uh, it's our first podcast, so I don't want to, like, I don't know, push our luck and talk too much. So, I think we're going to wrap it up here, but keep it short, and we can maybe do, uh, we'll do more. Not maybe. We've got all our swag sitting in front of us. And actually, I do want to talk more at the next podcast about Damon's face expression the first time I beat him. Oh, we're we doing were this? Okay. Well, that's <laughs> the whole point. Like, we'll do that next time. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, husband and wife gaming experience. Yes. Um, you know, gentlemen, you think this is what you've always wanted. I'm telling you right now, it's a rocky road. Be careful what you wish for. All right, dude. I think Damon got a little tired of me wanting to talk about Age of Sigmar all the time. But but not for a podcast. Right. So let's okay. sign out. All right. Signing out. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>